year is drawing to a close, and werewolves, zombies, flocks of crows announce into the dead black air that spooky time is finally here. Carter Doge and Jordan too must brace themselves and not get spooked by horror films both new and older in the evil that is Chunktober. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and I want your hunk, man. I want those things you hunk through. <laughs> and I'm Carter. Chunk him, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Granddad. I can't believe you messed that up so bad. Hey, yeah, Doge. That'll I- be a fun thing. <laughs> Tell us what it really is, because we had some trouble there, and it's not on IMDb, but I think that's the best quote of the movie, so that's just me. When she tells her granddad to throw him, chunk him, granddad. That's right. Throw him clear over those mountains. That Gimli, tackle. That was great. The Gimli, the Gimli twist. <laughs> uh, Doge. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, yeah. Me couldn't help but notice. Haircut? You chopped it all off. Buzz cut. <laughs> no, I couldn't help but notice that you did say hunk. Why? Yeah. I had... Either the most validating experience of my professional career <laughs> okay, or the single most damaging experience of my professional career. Dependent upon? I video called into a meeting at work uh, and this was... As you are uh, by, famous of doing. By the time you're hearing this, this was two weeks ago. Um, so if I am unemployed or so aggressively employed that it's surprising... Then you'll know that was what, that's what happened. You'll know that's why it happened. Tell me. But I video called into a meeting at work, uh, and I they put my call on the TV in the conference room, and somebody in the meeting was like, "Oh, this is awesome! We've got a sixty-five inch Doge to talk to." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I feel like Zordon." <laughs> and they're like, "You feel like what?" And I was like, uh, "Zordon. You guys know Zordon, the big uh, the big face guy." And they were like, I don't think I do, man. And I was like, really? You know, like Zord- Zordon. You're for Power Rangers, guys. Zordon. What's your and reaction to that? And they were like, no, dude. I don't, none, I don't think I know that. And I, <laughs> I hung up the call. You just, you just left. I just left. It was, you just left the it call. Was unsalvageable. You doubled um, and then tripled down on Zordon. It took, I felt like I was living in some sort of parallel universe where I hallucinated all of Power Rangers. And I was like, I feel like, like it felt like I was like, that feels like a cultural touchstone, right? What yeah. is American society without Zordon? I'll just, I'll say that. Uh, it, it, it does. It reminds me of when I tried to order a, a 20 piece chicken McNuggles in your car and just got. Wait, you said I got, wait, what? I got stun locked like a boss in a video I game. I forgot about that. And just kept saying, I, I couldn't say it. I just kept being like, I kept being like, McNuggles, McNuggles, chicken McNuggles. I couldn't say the real word. Oh, man. <laughs> 
And Doge, Doge was driving, so I'm leaning over him in the driver's You're seat, screaming, screaming McNuggles. McNuggle across the bow of my it's ship like as if to warn me. It's like 1 a.m. on a Monday. <laughs> I didn't know this story, obviously. Oof, Oof I uh, forgot about that. That I'm is crying. totally what it was like. I got yeah, yeah. stuck in a Zordon loop and then can, there was no way something? out but through. Let's do something fun for once. Let's let's uh I think we can like mess we like to mess with the time continuum a lot on our podcast. It's true. What if in our world of recording, okay, Doge, you jump to our Instagram right now, simply do a poll. Just say just ask who do you know who Zordon is? A yes or no. They don't have to tell us what. Do you know who Zordon is? Okay. Maybe three options. Yes, no, huh? I don't know. I don't know. That might count as a no. And then as we progress, at the end, could you tell us the results of that poll? I absolutely will, 100%. I will definitely do that. Okay, great. And if you wanted to ask, like, do you know what McNuggles are? <laughs> Mc... <laughs> do, okay, this is, we're going to do some, we're gonna do some actual research right now. Do you know who Zordon Make is? sure we're spelling that right. There might, be some, there might huh? be some Zordons and Zerdons out there. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know who Zordon is? McNuggles. Right. That's, I might have moments where I just kind of out of nowhere laugh a little bit in this you episode. Might, that's what, that's what it will be. <laughs> might Here's geek out a little bit. <laughs> Let's do a little poll. This is exciting. Real data. Hard hitting journalism. Hard hitting journalism. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go respond to it right now as we're continuing. And the thing that we're continuing is our podcast, just so everybody's on the same page. <laughs> And uh, this podcast is entering and beginning right now the third movie of our Chunktober hmm. series, which is, of course, Get, Get out. out. And uh, look, I'd love to just jump in and start talking about it. I would love that. But I legally cannot. Oh, that's um, right. Until mm. I get a that's synopsis right. from my good friend, yours and mine. <sighs> One Doge, second. I'm Doge. answering an Instagram poll. Oh, 100% that of people. <laughs> well, I wonder who that was. <laughs> oh, so far the data's strong. Yeah. Well, now that that's out of the way, now that I've done my part to fight the good fight, raise awareness for this critical figure in American history, this week's synopsis has no author. I believe it has oh. always existed, even before the movie. Did it spring forth? From the head of Zeus, fully formed like Athena, as we always say. <laughs> Athena, the goddess of wisdom, writes, Black photographer Chris Washington reluctantly agrees to meet the family of his white girlfriend, Rose Armitage. During their drive to the family's countryside estate, they hit a deer. Though Chris was not driving, the white policeman asks for Chris's identification. Rose Stop. intervenes and the incident goes unrecorded. At the house, Rose's older brother Jeremy and their parents neurosurgeon Dean and hypnotherapist Missy make discomfiting discomfiting comments about black people. Chris witnesses strange behavior from the estate's black workers, housekeeper Georgina and groundskeeper Walter. That's, credits. that's the end of the... I think they watched the first 30 minutes and we're right. like, this I is think just I know what this is. I to think me? I know what this is. So Bradley Whitford... What did she call him? What Dean? Dean. Neur- neuro. neuro neurosurgeon. Neurosurgeon Dean. That sounds like just a branch off of like a Barbie, like 
neurosurgeon dean, hypnotherapist, yeah. DC. Golly. Yeah. Well, okay. <clears throat> That's great because we get to we get to finish that for them. We get to <laughs> So let's start there. Um <laughs> You know what they did, guys? You know what they did? What'd they do? They wrote part of a synopsis, they dropped the mic, and got out. Hmm. That's right. Nice. That's Ooh, really good. I see That's you. really good. Much like you did for becoming a hunk, you got out. You got out. Much like I did when I realized none of my coworkers knew who Zordon was. I got right Just out got of there. Got out. Now, you were asking somebody for the keys. Each of us has brought one of these, and Doge, this one's yours. Why'd you yes. pick it? Uh, because Jordan Peele is in my Campfire Five. Sure. Uh, we talked. I I don't intend to keep bringing that up. Jordan Peele is a source of huge creative inspiration to me. Uh, Jordan Peele is... Uh, this movie just really took me by surprise when I watched it, uh, when it came out. I was not expecting to love it as much as I did. It's way smarter than I thought horror could be. It has way more to say than I thought horror could say. And it's just... It, somehow I think it's even greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's all valid. It's all really yeah. good. We've talked a lot in Chunk Tumber. Chunk Tumber. Chunk Tumber. McNuggles. Chunk Tumber. We've talked a lot in Chunk Tober about. <laughs> wasn't wasn't Chunk Tumber McNuggles a Confederate general? Probably. Probably. A Chunk Tumber is when like a diver slips in competition. <laughs> like usually when they hit the water. Yeah. It's a Chunk Tumber. <laughs> um, man. What was I going to say? Oh, we've already we talked that about nighttime chunk- energy. So weird right now. <laughs> in Chunktober, we have discussed that relationship between comedy and horror. Totally. Yeah. And what better place to just start talking about that again in this movie than our director, who was? It feels like a called shot, right? It feels like yeah. it feels like a year before this. If you had said, "Hey, Jordan Peele's first film is going to be a horror film nominated for Best Picture," everybody'd be like. The guy from Key and Peele? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. But this totally feels like Jordan Peele was like, hey, I can do it. Just trust me. Was mm-hmm. this before or after Keanu? I think it was after Keanu. Okay. So well, are we counting that? First solo feature. Did, did he direct Keanu? I don't remember. Was that a him and <laughs> I don't remember. Michael Key together direction or was it somebody else? I don't remember. Uh, sure. I, we have the technology. I'm going to look it up on IMDb. It's a good point. 2016. So it was the year before. Written by Jordan Peele and Alex Rubens, directed by Peter Atencio. Okay, so this okay. is, yeah, directorial, directorial debut. Directorial debut. Right yes, sir. What a movie. To for be real. your first. Yeah, wins an Oscar for it, gets nominated for director as well. That's huge. That didn't really happen. Yeah. <clears throat> especially for horror and especially as a directorial debut. I mean, genre fiction just, in general. It, it was a good couple of years for genre fiction all leading up to Shape of Water. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Um, and it, it, it is so interesting. I mean, there is an inherent conversation that I think needs to be had when like three, three white men come together to talk about a movie like Get Out in the sense of um, we are underqualified to talk about a lot of the horror elements in this movie because Absolutely. a lot of the horror elements are exaggerated, <clears throat> um, but versions of what like people of color are facing constantly. I mean, the, the, sure. the backyard party is, I mean, full, uh, I mean, it's all an allegory, but I mean, it's full of these small, tiny moments of what a lot of people would consider 
quote unquote harmless yeah. racism. And, and yeah. you see the way that it adds up. And I mean, obviously it's all heightened and exaggerated for the sense of horror, but I mean, you, you've, I, I think we have a responsibility as um, the audience in any movie to do our best to empathize with characters and place ourselves yeah. into the viewpoint of who we are watching, like the lens we're yeah. watching through. But especially if you are a white viewer of a black created piece of art, we have a responsibility to do everything we can to empathize and anything we don't understand to go learn about, because that is yeah. a viewpoint that is incredibly different um, from what we have and the backyard scene, I think I don't, I mean, I feel like we don't typically do this, but the backyard scene feels like a great place to start in regards to that conversation because it is just a culmination of death by a thousand cuts. Well, yeah. I think that's part of like the backyard scene to me fits alongside. I think the first, the first exposure we get to that particular type of horror in this movie is whenever uh, the the police officer is asking to see Chris's ID for yep. no reason uh, yep. other than one very obvious reason. And so I think the thing that makes this horror so effective is that it is uh, like in The Shining, in It Follows, uh, in Cabin in the Woods, that horror is invented whole cloth, right? I, I have no, there is no rational part of me that has a fear of inbred hillbilly zombies in the woods or no. like, some <laughs> no <laughs> rational part of me notice <clears throat> i said or some like malevolent entity that's taking control of a hotel taking over me or some sort of creepy wee sports demon right? right those are invented whole cloth but this type of horror this is rooted in a lived reality that i, I know the three of us on this video call on this podcast have not lived um but it is very much a lived reality and so this yeah. like this r- horror rooted in uh, in racist actions is a, is not like its own tree root system branches. This is a branch off yeah. of a tree that very much exists in reality. Yeah. I, uh, something that's just so unique about this movie too, especially cause I mean, knowing that it was Jordan Peele uh, made it a huge deal because everyone's finding out like this is his debut, right? Is horror. We don't know yet that he's just fascinated with this and has been for a long time. And this yeah. has been a plan for a long time. But there are moments, especially with our backyard scene, with the backyard party, that Jordan Peele is unique, is giving us something fresh and new that we haven't seen from him before, but also very familiar. I mean, you think of a lot of the sketches. Right. A lot of those were social commentary in terms of like the work that was done there, even from our classroom where the names are being mispronounced, like mispronounced and stuff. Like there was always... um, you know, a point to be made. And so it's, it's, it's brand new and yet altogether not, not too new for him. And I I think that's really unique. Well, and I think, so the thing that stands out the most to me, it it was almost my super pump, but it felt, I felt the need to um, be more specific in my super pump and I'll do that later. But the thing that stands out to me the most about get out, not just in the, the genre of horror, but just in movie making, this movie is when you look at, a timeline of the story of this movie and like what actually happens and quote unquote set pieces. This is a small, tight, brilliant movie. I mean, this movie is as far as scope goes, it is laser focused. It is virtually airtight. Dude, I think they filmed it in 27 days. Yeah. That's what I saw as well, which is nuts. Um, And and it's just so smart. And I want to point out at our beginning 
Um, not our, not our very beginning. And I do want to talk about that in just a second, but, um, at the cop scene, we, that's for me when I start to catch on to, um, and I don't know that I saw this the first time I watched it. Um, but this time it was the first time I started to catch on to, um, a continued metaphor throughout the movie, which is, um, vacant allyship or, or I I don't know what word to use, like a selfish allyship. Performative. Yes, but even more so, like um, the character um, Allison Williams, Rose. Rose. Rose has something to gain by protecting Chris here. Um, I yeah. mean, it's not immediately obvious what that is if you don't know the story, but it becomes obvious she doesn't want a paper trail leading back to her. Um, but this kind of, um, I guess, allegory throughout the movie of it looks like she's sticking up for Chris because he was being treated wrong, but she's really sticking up for him because of what she has to gain by making sure that he's treated right. Um, and we see yeah, that also probably doesn't want record record of, of him being pulled over right there. Cause he give away his ID. Right. That's what I was like. Have, rabbit trailing. I have. It's, okay. Big, big rabbit trail. I have our first check-in uh, from our Zordon poll on Instagram. And we do have somebody that's replied and said, of course I gave a speech on him in seventh grade. Yes, 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 yes. So we got at least one one other Zordon stan out there. Anyway, excellent. That is very good. Um, but do you, do you no, know what yeah, I'm saying that, though? Like that is something that's totally it's it's so gross to watch that. Sure, and and it's a through line that we see all through. I don't know th- this time this watch in particular. Um, I couldn't help but in the backyard scene, really pick apart or try to pick apart like every individual interaction he has with somebody who is literally there to weigh whether or not they want to purchase his blackness for themselves. Um, and like all of the like selfish reasons, like, you know, they didn't see Chris, they saw athleticism or they didn't see Chris. Yeah. They saw um, functional hips for playing golf yeah. or they well, didn't. And see, I think that you know, all the of backyard that kind of scene <clears throat> to me is a metaphor for, uh, for black art and the way that that's been co-opted. Uh, and so like when we hear, uh, as, as white folks, as, as, uh, you know, the existing power structure, when folks like that hear black music or watch black film, then they don't see the blackness in it. You know what I mean? They don't see that this is a a natural result of somebody's lived reality. That's inherently different from theirs. They just see that's a cool beat. I'm going to copy that for my, you know what I mean? Like, and there's I like think elements that's why of why like, he included the guy that wanted to bid so that he could be cooler. I mean, they, they yes, literally bring that absolutely. up. And that's so interesting. I don't know, man. Yeah. This movie oh, yeah. is so brilliant. Um, yeah. and, and I want to start to talk about the merits of the movie itself, but I, I mean, you just can't overstate the brilliance of Jordan Peele's approach to a horror movie that is literally about, I mean, I know that there's tons of people who, their ears perk up and they get all finicky about this, but like cultural appropriation, like they, they, it's a horror movie about the horrors of having identity stolen from an entire culture. I yeah. don't know, man, it's just nuts. And but, given, given to the dominant culture. Exactly. Right. It's, and, and let's run all the way back to the actual opening of this movie. I'd like to do that because I just watched Halloween, um, John Carpenter. Yeah. And, um, this this opening was inspired by that, and I totally mm-hmm. see it. Um, you know the the suburban kind of um, whatever like stereotypical suburban neighborhood, 
and something horrific happens and none of the other houses seem to care about it. Like, I don't know. It's just so interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, you talk uh, about how tight the movie is too. Like that, that is oh my gosh. Yeah. A lot of Jordan Peele loves horror movies, obviously, but a lot of this is kind of a, a love song to, to horror movies. Like we're, totally. we're getting without the blatant homage. Like there's just things yeah. about, you know, you think of the psychos of the world and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like two settings and we hardly get any more than that. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, even things like our first character that we see on screen, like our first person that we get to like identify with as a character dies or or not dies, but is taken from us on screen is very reminiscent of something like a psycho where mm-hmm. our, our, our point of view gets taken from us. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows did that. Yeah, yeah. totally. The shining um, is only in a hotel. Like, yeah, there's some correlations here. It's so interesting, man, I got to stop saying the word interesting. I'm just interested (laughs) by this movie, but the way that this movie, um, is unique while being a love song to something that exists is fascinating to me. Um, like there is nothing else that gives me vibes quite similar to this. And yet it so clearly is humming the same notes. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I think a lot to to do with the the rewatchability of this movie to me personally is, you know, we talk about the tightness and just how well everything was put together. I I really think the cinematography, I think it's a beautiful movie. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really pretty stuff and it's just uh, morbidly good to look at. You know, there's like moments even as it gets gory that you're like, oh, like this, I think this too is maybe the first movie we've had that has been in 4k, like to be able to watch. Yeah. Yeah. The 4k was worth um, it for this yeah. one. Yeah. 100%. It was, I was discounted for me. Eating it up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was only 199. Totally worth it. Nice. Way to go. It, he was almost understandably my super pump. He's not, but you know, talk about a, and this was not his first movie. I think this might be when he did, did Black Panther come out after? It came out after this. Yeah. Okay. So, um, please help me pronounce his last name. Daniel Kaluuya, Chris. I believe. Kaluuya. Yeah. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh man. Does such an incredible job Dude, in this movie. Daniel so Kaluuya good. is my super pump. Yeah, I mean, the fair. scene, the scene that they showed at the Oscars, I don't remember if he was nominated for best actor or if it was for Jordan Peele's real the scene they showed at the Oscars of him in the chair, like oh. the first time he's in the chair, uh, like when he gets hypnotized by Missy, uh, that like kind of like laugh, like trying not to cry, but like he does that a few times, man. Yes, like, it's so so oh. good. He's amazing was, in that. There was something he stands out to me, and honestly, our actress from It Follows, but he stands out to me as someone who does give such a. You know, he plays the main victim of that movie and and the victim role feels like, or the hunted or whatever you'd want to call it, feels like something that is in all good horror movies. There is a certain realism about Chris and how he is reacting to everything that is happening. Oh my gosh. Um, that is yeah. equal parts modern. You know, it's, 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 it's like how I feel like I would react. And I don't think that just has to do with it. You know, I don't know just being down to earth. It's just like, it feels like such a 2016 reaction to something like that. Like, I don't know. Our main character in a horror movie is smart and it just feels good. Yeah. It feels real good. feels real, real good. I don't know. It's just, it just, it was, this was my first introduction to, um, maybe not my first, but the first I ever really realized that I was watching smart horror. Like, like Mm -hmm. I don't mean smart, like you wouldn't get it. I mean, smart, like the way it was written 
it respects the characters enough to treat them like a real person. Absolutely. Which is interesting. Is there a single shoot me? Is there a single jump? Is there a single jump scare? Uh, yeah, I would say that there's like maybe two. Yeah, Georgina has a few. Yeah, and I like guess when grandpa's, when grandpa's running at the camera. Oh, I would have said the deer when the, he dreams about the deer and it screams at him or whatever. I think when he hits Georgina when he's escaping, that was a jump for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. true. Yeah. No, I and and that's what's so interesting. This dude. Yeah, you said it again. I can't stop. That's what's. <laughs> that's what I like. <clears throat> Um, this movie's horror comes less from tension within a moment and more situational tension. Yeah. Um, so to, to, to explain kind of what I mean, you look at something like it follows and there's something banging on the door and you know, it's right outside and that's scary. Mm -mm. But in, in, in this movie, it's more like the subtext is what's scary. The moment the itself is also, trying yeah. really hard to present itself as innocent. Yeah. And the subtext is what is so scary. Um, you know, there, there are moments that stand out as extra scary. You know, when the entire house full of party guests goes dead quiet when he walks up the staircase, Ooh. that's really unsettling. Ooh, yeah. I don't like it. Um, you know, you've got moments like that. You've got the where are the keys, you know, you've got <clears throat> all that kind of stuff, which is pretty traditional horror scary. But for the most part, it's just this sense of malice underneath this veneer of kindness that is yep. really unsettling. Yep. And and it's that I think it is that juxtaposition, like the dichotomy of sinister and smiling that freaks me right out for so much well, of this when, movie. When Allison Williams is talking to Rod, which we haven't even talked about Rod yet, but when Allison oh Williams gosh, is, is talking Rod. to Rod and remaining completely expressionless. Almost my super pump was that, that is scene. So unsettling. And props to Allison Williams because that oh, she's is amazing in this. Bananas. I mean yeah, yeah. she's she's my super pump. Okay. So I don't think she feels like such an important cog to the machine that is this wonderful, wonderful movie because she is the scariest part on many levels to me. You know, we do talk about like her scene where she's expressionless on the phone. Yeah. Uh, her immediate change once yes. she holds those keys up. There's just a yeah. lot of really brilliant stuff that she's doing. I Dude, want to look at, you know, has who anybody are supporting ever done anything nominees. more messed up in the world than eat dry Fruit Loops one bite at a time? And then drink the milk through a straw. <laughs> what no a right way. Such a such a fun thing. And then even too, as she's being suffocated and just smiling at him. Like uh-huh. the thing, the thing that is the the ultimate super pump, though, I think what has the most fuel for me is she is to me the most despicable character because of her resume yep. of having life yeah. and doing the long play, looking up the NCAA prospects for her Ugh. next. Her next catch. One of whom is Keegan-Michael um, Key, by the way. Yes. Really? Yeah. So here's something that happens. And here's something that I think also makes Jordan Peele brilliant is while this is wonderfully unique for a black audience, there are certain spook, like there are certain scary parts to this that are scarier, like for a white person in a convicting way. Because there's moments that no, no no part of you wants to think that you are anything like Rose Armitage. But sometimes you might, right? It's, it's, it is a artistic way at saying we put on a face for our black friends, 
right? Yeah. Or, or we do these certain things. We know the cards to play, right? I think there's something deep within people that knows the right thing to say to kind of get away with something and just make it look like you're the hero when deep down, right? We mm-hmm. get to see it for her and all of its gore that she really is not. <laughs> she's an awful person, but not to say that I feel anything like, like a hundred percent like Rose. Sure, but, but that's the, well, the fact right? that there's she's, bits of me that I see in her. Right. She's a, she's terrifying. a horror movie villain who is covering her racism with empty allyship. Like what Jordan was talking about. 100%. Earlier. Like the fact yeah. that her allyship is not accompanied by actions means it's not and in fact the opposite it, yeah i mean setting that aside her allyship sure. not being accompanied by by allied actions means that it wasn't allyship right it was, it was lip service to the yeah. idea yeah yep and, and i think so, that's what i think well done i think that's a good point in carter it's so funny because my first reaction was to be like hey i don't, I don't think we should say that because that doesn't sound true and then i was like oh that's a defense mechanism dude <laughs> i feel dude, it that's you what i'm what saying I mean? And it's, yeah. and it's, it was interesting. I read an interview, uh, or maybe it was in the trivia with Allison Williams saying that, um, of the people she talked to about her character that insisted that Rose, you know, they were like, so Rose was brainwashed the whole time. And Allison Williams was like, no, she was just a bad person. And they're like, yeah. no, but she, you know, she had to be a product of all this abuse and stuff. She's like, no, it's, she's just a bad person. People, she said people that want out. everybody who said that about Rose was white. She said not a single um, like That's black audience member had any trouble understanding that somebody who seemed so nice could be so rotten. And and I think Dude. that this movie and you're right. And Carter, the only part I would be hesitant to say it's there are elements scarier so much as there are, there are elements to this movie that allow it to be equally scary because the fear for, for at least for me, I guess I'll speak for myself, but I want to say the fear for a white audience is, is that in me? Yeah. I'm not saying you know? it, I'm saying in comparison to the other scary moments of the movie, there are certain things I can't relate to as a white person, Sure, yeah, but the things that have been provided for me are very scary. And so those are scarier than the things that are not meant as much for me. Right. And so it's like, he is not, it is meant for everybody to learn something. I think that's great. Sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. No, I'm not saying this movie's scarier for white people. <laughs> can we put that, can we get that on a quote, like on an Instagram, maybe like Carter thinks yeah, is scarier so. for white people. <laughs> That's oh great. My gosh. That's great. <laughs> no. Hey, this does feel like a good <clears throat> chance real quick to talk about the soundtrack. Find a new host. To find a new host. <laughs> there, there is, I'm trying to think if there are any more licensed songs other than Childish Gambino's Redbone. Is I there? I don't think so. Um, the the main theme for this that movie. That Swahili thing? Yeah. Yeah. That dissonance. If I can just get music nerdy for just a second. Oof. Nope. It's so unsettling, but also so pretty. And I get like full body chills every time I hear them hold out that long note after the word brother. Ooh. Ugh. But Ugh. it's just brilliant, man. And uh, did you see that? Um, I think it was Jordan Peele said that. Uh, he had intended for that chorus of voices to be the spirits of all of the black people that the Armitage family had done this to, urging him to get out. Ooh. Armitage family through the centuries. So right. he says, this is the spirits of of black slaves and lynching victims telling Chris to get out of there. The, the Swahili <laughs> translates to, listen to the elders, run, run, you have to leave. Wow. Bananas. <laughs> Bananas. Oof. And uh, there's like a whole backstory to this movie where like the Armitages are connected to like the Knights Templar and are searching for eternal life through the Holy Grail and found it through this surgery that I kind of wish had been 
gone into a little bit, but I also love the ambiguity. Um, I am going to um, just sort of uh, sticker tap my super dump onto the fact that we tease this big uh, John Wick size criminal underworld and (laughs) don't really get any more information on it. Mostly because I had a really, 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 really difficult time super dumping. So I'm just going (laughs) to stick a pin in it right there and call it done. Um, Fair enough. And the other that place fulfills your legal requirement. Yeah, so I'm I'm good there. You guys heard it. Everybody heard it. I super dumped. Have Don't you super pumped? No, not yet. I'm oh, I was going to say you could it. hang up if you had. Yeah, I'll see you guys you later. Done. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but what I am going to do is stick one more fork in the road, so that we can take the one less traveled all the way to shout announcements. Welcome. Shout announcements. It's been a while since that was annoying, so I had to really slam yeah, that dude, one. Yeah, dude, it really has. It has been a while. It's been so long. You're right. <laughs> Look, <sighs> I want to talk to you chunks about two chunks, mostly our socials. And I'm not talking about the outsiders. I'm talking about Twitter and Instagram. Why don't you go ahead, jump on there, give us a quick follow. You'll thank me later because there is just so much juicy content coming out of both of those auras, atmospheres, places, social media accounts. And I think you're really going to dig what we've got. And speaking of digging things, what I would dig is if you would keep your phone open, because I know it's open right now, and hop on over and give us a little rate and review. We are absolutely barreling towards our ultimate goal of 1 million reviews. 1 million. Closer than we were two days ago. That's true. And you could be a huge, huge part of that. Roughly one out of a million. And uh, I think you're one in a million already. So would you prove it to me and uh, drop us a rate and review, preferably five stars, because that's the kind that makes me happy. Do you recognize that very recognizable riff? Is that John Mayer? That Is that Neon? John Mayer original Patreon? <laughs> when he asks, please go sign up for their Patreon. Patreon. Oh no, that's Patreon. No, you're done. That's it. That's all it needs. It's Patreon. If you need (laughs) if you need more content that is almost as good as what I've just given today. If you need more, it just costs you three dollars a month, to be honest. It costs you three dollars a month. Uh a tease that's gonna be lost in the bomb that was my uh impersonation of a acoustic guitar. (laughs) Uh, is that Patreon is going to get a little more beefy uh, pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and if you haven't listened to Neon, it's a pretty it's good a song. It's a very good still song. Slaps. It Dude, still slaps. That whole live album is one of my all-time favies. Um, yep. But I knew you recognized it as soon as I was starting. <laughs> I didn't. I had to think about it. I had to run it through a filter in my brain. <laughs> but yeah... <laughs> I guess we don't want to give too much information, but there there's more to Patreon than meets the eye. Actually, there's not yet, but there's about to that's be. Not a, and that's not a Transformers reference. I know this has been heavy on heavy on. Uh, mm, we need to do another poll. Chunky and see if people know what Transformers let's roll are. Out. This has been heavy on our childhood culture. That's not. We're not doing Power Rangers. We're not doing Transformers. So what are we, we doing? are doing though next week? I want you guys to try and guess what impression I'm doing. Are you ready? Three, two, one. 
Did you just do it? Yeah, I did it. You listen close. I'll do it again. Three, two, one. Pac-Man? No, it's a silent lamb. And that's a sample of the great <laughs> content that we're going to have next week when we talk about the silence of the lambs, which we've all wow. just heard. Um, but we're going to have a full hour of that next week. So please watch the great Anthony Hopkins do some spooky stuff. I thought you had already, I thought you were talking about the next thing you're about to tease. And no, the I could next not thing for the life tease. of me figure out what your impression was. The <laughs> next thing I'm about to tease is actually a huge piece of my childhood culture, accidentally. Yeah. Uh, let's all hearken back to a time of report cards and blockbusters, of slumber parties, and a fourth <laughs> yeah. thing. It's Friday night. We're gathered around the television. Two non Stuffed crust. Non that feels two. like the era of stuffed crust more than any other. Stuffed crust, probably. Uh, yeah. Switch over to Disney Channel. See what brand new thing their crazy creative chefs have cooked up for us this particular Friday. We're going to be doing a series of Disney Channel original movies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we do have a name for it, obviously, as we do for every series. And so anyway, we're going to ask you guys... <laughs> To vote on which movies should be a part of this series. Uh, you can find the the poll at twochunksandahunk.com backslash vote. If you've been with us a while, you know all about these voting things, how they usually go, how to do it. Head there and cast your vote. Uh, if you are a patron, you do get to vote twice in this one. So that's super duper important. We want you to help us pick the DCOMs uh, that will make our November just right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I don't want to jump ahead to my super pump. I really don't. But I will if don't. I have to. What I want to talk about first is just general casting. And by that, I mean literally mm-hmm. every single person. Every role is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to give special up top props I think we're going to go to Bradley Whitford, Allison Williams, Daniel Kaluuya, Catherine Keener, and of course, Lil Rel Howery, but yeah. also Lakeith Stanfield and somebody who I am realizing is a standout in every movie I have ever seen him in, Caleb Landry Jones. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Very what much. What Three billboards. Too. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's so creepy in this. To the point that I expected him to to be a bad person in three billboards. I almost like I thought he was going to be my super dump because he is so like it feels like he just watched The Dark Knight and was like, oh, that's perfect. I could just be creepy like Heath, but it actually really works and doesn't feel like it breaks. Isn't that kind of that guy? Like, isn't that kind of who that, you know? Yeah, no, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were going to say Steven Root. Yeah, I love Stephen. Stephen Root. Root is wonderful. Yeah, Stephen Root Stephen is. Root. Uh, he's the blind artist. He's Jim Hudson. Yeah, yeah but he is also uh, 
You know him from Barry. Yeah, Fuchs. He's Fuchs and Barry. Yep. Barry, he uh, also, oh, Brother Where Art Thou, he's got the radio station. He plays a blind guy in that as well. Interestingly enough, uh, he plays Boyle's dad on oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, my Nine goodness. Nine. And uh, Bradley Whitford yep. Jake plays Peralta's Jake's dad. dad on Brooklyn yep. Nine-Nine. Yep. That's hilarious. Oh, how funny. I like Bradley Whitford in everything. He's so good but in this everything. This is actually our, um, no, I guess we haven't done another Catherine Keener movie it's so her second Bradley Whitfield, second Lakeith Stanfield Whitford, in like on, less man. than a month. What yeah. did I say? Whitfield. Knives out. It's Whitfield. Oh, I was combining him and Lakeith. I want Lakeith Stanfield in everything. I think it's time to put him front and center in something. I agree. Well, he was in uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know that that got quite as much heat as uh, a lot of other movies that came out around the Let's same put time. put him front and center in something big. You know, I think I agree. Um, and I don't know what age Marvel is shooting to make static shock or DC is Mm -hmm. wait. No, he's DC. I don't know what age DC is shooting to make static shock in their movies, but, uh, Lakeith, can you hear me? Anybody that I want to have a career, I don't want to be in a DC movie. I mean, I agree, (laughs) but imagine him as superhero static shock. Woo woo. You know, I think that would feel very good. I like it. I like it in concept. It's the same thing as like, I found this recipe on Pinterest one time for coffee chicken and you use coffee grounds to season the chicken. And I was like, I love coffee. I love chicken. And it tasted like chicken that I dropped in the dirt. And I think any actor that is a great idea, <laughs> like John David Washington's been getting a lot of buzz as Green Lantern. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. But you know that it's going to turn out to be a mean one, Mr. Grinch, that you wouldn't touch with a 49 and a half foot pole. That's a good point. If I may, the two, the two words that first came to mind when you mentioned food and two things combining is just chili lime, which is always a win. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. It is always a win, but like, <laughs> what if it was Hormel canned chili plus limes? And it was like, you don't get chili lime. You get a can of chili with a lime on top and I'm giving you a spoon and no can opener. This feels like some real monkey's paw type situation to me yeah you just got to carefully and with dc you have to carefully phrase your wishes yeah i guess that's true was that gift on on the superhero train here though like our boy caleb has been in a marvel movie he's been not necessarily in the oh MCU, yeah he was in but, first class right one of the x-men movies yeah he's in oh. an x-men movie yeah i did not realize that probably because i don't care for the cinematic x-men universe there you go i like bits of it i like Tell you that much some Logan. of it's good None of it's as good as Get Out, though, which is the movie we're supposed to be. Honestly, about. that is true. That's mm. a great point. We just got into that. We're coming out now of the sunken place. As we let's all talk about the back, sunken place, which is these these rabbit trails we tend let's to go on. Let's talk about the sunken place. When so I think I haven't read this anywhere. I feel like every time somebody says sunken place, the their uh, tone dips. Is that did you guys notice that? Obviously, the first time she says sink I, into the floor. That happens. But anytime anybody talks about the sunken place, it feels like it's like, oh yeah, you're in the sunken place. Like it feels like it drops down. There is, there's like a sub octave mixed in when she says sink into the floor. It's like a sub octave mixed in her dialogue. But I feel like anytime we hear the phrase sunken place, it does that. Um, Man, that is, I cannot think of anything more existentially frightening than existing in the back of your own brain and watching your life play out through your eyes as somebody else directs your actions. 
But there that's is a the paralysis thing, like, sunk, like that, isn't there? The Probably. sunken place, Jordan Peele has said the sunken place is supposed to represent the systemic oppression of sure. watching somebody else live and profit off of your culture and your creativity. Sure. Completely. Man. And it, it's, that's what makes the horror work for me, though, is that it's like it's a visual representation of a very real lived experience. Yes. And it is it is very well done. The effect of the sunken place is very well done. Like. Yeah, it, it looks super cool, and I think it's because they mix practical and CG, which works really well here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I mean, just you, you, you guys know me and allegory. Like, I love me a good like simile, metaphor, allegory. I'm all about it. And man, this, this works, and and it is, it works yeah, on a deeply so well. frightening level. Yeah, um, I'm just impressed. I'm so impressed by, um, you know, there there are some metaphors that it's like. I see how they got there, but somehow visually this just immediately translates. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is all credit where credit is due to Jordan Peele and his frankly, unbelievable mind. And I mean, Daniel Kaluuya's portrayal of this. Yeah. You know, I don't think it works as well if we have a lesser actor sinking into the floor. Right. I, I think I agree with that. And his, did you read about his audition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The tear fell at the same spot, man. Those, those, and those are some crocodile tears. I For mean, real big, juicy tears. Um, he's just so, so good here. And, and also Catherine Keener is very creepy as well. Um, I am, I am going to go ahead and talk about my super pump because it feels like it's time. Tell me now, please, please, please tell me now the entire escape sequence. Yep. When we get the inversion of, hit a deer and it's this helpless creature that is uh basically has its existence ended by uh Allison Williams and her family and we get the subversion where he rips the deer off the wall and uses that to kill her dad. Yes, that's I like that part. That that is very good. For for me it is Chris is so smart. He puts the uh cotton from the arm filling of the chair into his ears so that he is not overcome with hypnosis. He grabs the deer, uses it as a weapon. He uh, knocks the cup off the table. Like he makes sure to look for the cup because he knows that could be used against him. But in particular, the the epitome, the culmination of all of this is the door scene. Um, when he he finds the pattern in what, uh, is it Jeremy? In what Jeremy is doing. Yep. And every time he pulls that door open, Jeremy kicks it closed. So on that third time, he gets a scalpel to the knee. Ugh. It is just... Like, I remember watching it and being like, oh my gosh, he's so smart. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. It's sort of that Nolan thing of like, it feels obvious because it is written so well. Yes. Um, But then we get all of that all the way to, you know, the car and, is it Georgia or Georgina? I think it's Georgina. Um, Georgina Georgina, and... Um, that that is the most ter- maybe the most terrifying performance. Oof, yeah. Our actress who plays Georgina, the moment too that she had, we talk about tears. Her like uh, the no, moment no, no, that no, no, she, no, 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 no. it's like she's almost breaking Oof. through. Oh my gosh, uh, <sighs> Betty Gabriel. Yeah, just very raw fear. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else happening. We are just watching somebody's face, and we have a little bit of context. Mm-mm. Terrifying. This is a movie that gets better to me every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that there are many that highly rewatchable do yeah. that for me. There's more to appreciate. Uh, there's new things to appreciate when you watch it again. Can I super dump though? Please. Yeah. 
it, it is it is actually right at the beginning, Jordan, of your super pump. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. When Chris is sitting in the chair watching uh when he's when he's talking uh with the artist, I don't remember his name, the blind guy. Uh Jim something, right? Uh Jim Hudson, yeah. Jim Hudson. When he's talking with Jim Hudson uh via the TV and we keep getting cuts away to things that have already happened in the movie. Uh, it's like the editors putting the film together didn't have enough confidence that we could follow the conversation. So when he says the sunken place, we show the sunken place. When he says, uh, you know, some people want basically all the reasons somebody would want to live in a black body. Yeah. It, it cuts to different people who have wanted those things. Like it's pretty on the nose there. And it, I think it worked because we have to understand that element. But like, I would have loved a little bit more faith in the audience to put that together. And then it culminates in the worst line in the whole movie to me, which was my quote at the beginning uh, when Jim's like, I want your eye, man. I want those things you see through. Mm -hmm. What a bad line to me. Yeah, that's a bizarre line. I want those things you see through. That's weird. That feels like that was ad-libbed and, and we didn't have the courage to be like, hey, bud, take that one again. That's not it. That doesn't work. Try that one more time. Yeah, I I think that's, it doesn't bother me. I mean, the line bothers me. I don't love that line at all. The line, I think the line should have been, because he says it's something deeper, like it's something deeper than your body. He says, I want your eye, man, not I want your eyes. Like the whole thing is he, not that he wants to see again, but the reason that he couldn't make it as a photographer was because he didn't have the eye. He should have said, I want your eye, man. I want the way you see things, not the things you see. It's, it's. That line, I think, messes up his character motivation in wanting to live hmm. in Chris's body. Sure. And and it, I hear what you're saying. And and the line bothers me more than the flashes to the things they're talking about. That that bothers me less. I guess it in my head, it maybe makes the movie more accessible for people that weren't following it as well. Couldn't understand the motivations. Yeah, I just don't feel like that's the filmmaker's job. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Maybe, maybe there's a part of me that feels like the message of the movie is important enough to take 30 seconds to cater to the lowest common denominator for a second. Yeah. It, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't bother me, but I get why it would. The The line does bother me. And I think I'm getting, I'm getting uh superior Spider-Man vibes. Um, you know, the concept of, um, the, I mean, this is a very, uh, glib metaphor here, but, um, Doc Ock thinking that it's Peter's body that makes him a great, superhero and then finding out that it's Peter's yeah. moral compass and life experience that makes him a great mm -hmm. superhero. And I, I think maybe it would have been interesting to dive into, man, even if you put your brain in Chris's body, your eye is not going to change because his eye is his life experience. It's what you're talking about. It's the culmination of what makes him up as a person that gives him that eye. And I think that's, that would be very interesting to me. That's a way better, way better motivation. Like even I honestly don't think we should have made him blind. Because that makes it that much more clear that what he's after is not Chris's body. He is, and this drives the metaphor home that these people are, are a metaphor for folks who steal culture and claim it as their own and steal artistic expression and claim it as their own. He's not after Chris's body. He even says, I don't care what color I am. He doesn't care about Chris's blackness. He wants Chris's success as an artist and can't see that that is a result of his, it's inseparable from his blackness because it is a part of his upbringing. The way he's able to capture such brutal images. So what he says they're brutal and honest is because Chris has a brutal and honest outlook on the world that took his mother from him when he was a kid. 
Right. Yeah. And going, I mean, putting your brain in Chris's body doesn't mean you suddenly lost your mother as a kid. You know what I mean? Right. No, I think that's. But he can't see that. He can't see that he has. Valid for sure. He can't see that he's got a different experience and he can't see that the things that he regards as like just a performative thing that Chris does, just a switch he's able to turn on is inseparable from Chris's identity itself. Sure. Yeah. And I, I appreciate how difficult it is to super dump on this movie. And I know the the cracking ice that you feel beneath your feet as you attempt to oh, tell yeah, Jordan totally. Peele how to make Get Out better. But, Absolutely. but, I, but Absolutely. I think it's a great point. You know, I, think, <laughs> I think it really is. Regardless of, regard, I don't think it has to ruin the movie to look at it and go, that could have been done well, a little bit better. Sure. And then I step outside of my white body and I hear myself saying, right. no, Jordan Peele, this is how you tell a story about a villain who tries to steal somebody's right. culture. What am I saying? Right. Oh, so good. Oh, man. Um, d- I don't, I don't know that I even want to spend time talking about what the second ending is, but there was a different ending originally planned and I'm glad we got this one. Yeah, me too. Um, I think this, this, this ending feels like you get to catch your breath again. Finally, we get more rod, which is never a bad thing. Most of and you can tell watching it, most of his lines were Dude, ad-libbed. he is, he's got to be the he's funniest amazing. person to hang out with. If that is him ad-libbing these things for real, Oh my goodness, man. I'm going to share my super dump and it is something that it's interesting. It it definitely is caused by the movie, but it's not something that comes for me until much later, but I, the end. And again, especially horror can be creative in really different ways. The end feels abrupt. Yes. I mean, we get a huge win because our protagonist literally kills the entire family that is charged with this horrible thing that's been going on for centuries. But in my mind, and again, it's fine. It, it, maybe my super dump is I wanted something spoon fed, but then I've also said before in juxtaposition, like I really appreciate when things are just kind of left out there. Uh, it's not necessarily like the spinning top at the end of inception, but like my hope would be that this entire society is outed uh, because I know for sure there's about 30 to 40 variables that we don't tie a bow on at the end of this movie. Oh, sure. Um, There's a lot of people that uh, are going to stumble upon the fact, and maybe they're just going to be too terrified to say this is what they were doing, right? And maybe seek out help other places or just deal with their morality, you know? And and that's a win to me, you know? But I, I, with the creativity of Jordan Peele, I kind of wish he could have told me what happened to everything else. Right. But, and, and again... Real, real nitpicky kind of thing, but yeah. I, I'm satisfied with everything. I'm, I'm satisfied with when the movie ends until after it's ended, which is so weird to say. It's like no, I like, what, I like where it stopped, but then I think about it more, and I'm like, oh, but it would have been great if that was about an hour longer, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But maybe, maybe that's another thing too. Like the imagery is like the symbolism is actually there are some wins out there, but that stuff still exists. Like that's still that stuff is still out there. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's it one wasn't, case dealt with. Chris, Chris doesn't get to end everything. He just ended his own situation for mm. now, you know? And so yeah. maybe that's the point is we're it's not. It's the difference between like individual actions and institutionalized actions, right? Like you can, you can eliminate the source of actions, but the, yep. the bias of the system itself is much more difficult. Yep. Well played. Mm. Well Very said. Good. Well, uh, it is time. I think I know what we're all going to rate hey, this. shut up. Because all of our super dumps were read little flimsy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> My super dump was well thought what out and intentional. What do you mean, all? We're going to rate this movie. 
And we're going to do it using science. The same science used to swap brains around by neurosurgeons. But we use it only for we good, only use never for, for good. evil. It is the scientific cinema scale. It is a proprietary technology, and it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. After that is rent it. That's followed by stream it, and then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie is... God has forsaken us. I will go first because I'm an original and I'm the first one to rate it. And so anybody... Buy the ah, poster. Buy the poster. I'm buying the poster. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy the poster too. <laughs> I was first. I was first. It's perfect. It's so good. I want more Jordan Peele quicker. He is he's, he's done us and that... Us after rules. He's done a lot of affiliated Dude, I things. I loved us. And I, it needed better ratings. I don't agree with its yeah, IMDb score at all. I us rules. I need that actual original. He is influencing almost everything stuff yeah. from him, though. I need a little bit more. I'm being selfish here. But it is the season. You know, Halloween, it's like we're gorging a little bit on yeah. certain things. But yeah. Uh I I might get irritated if the the next five credits of his are these things where it's Produced by or yeah, you know. In, well, right in now, attaching his association name to your, project, with, to your project is pretty much a guaranteed win. Well, for is, sure. Is Candyman out yet? It, it is, is not, not out the same. Yet. I wonder how Candyman's going to do because it's produced by Jordan Peele. I mean, Lovecraft Country's tearing it up right now. His name's Lovecraft on that. Country is so good. I know, and I'm I'm not saying those things aren't good. I'm just but saying they're, they're not, not Get Out or right. Us. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. There's cer- there's certainly a an original flavor going on here that we're not getting elsewhere. Well, and he he was a voice in Toy Story 4 and you can really see the horror influences in that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, he doesn't, on IMDb, he doesn't even have anything announced in production. Oh, like he no. has two credits as a director. It's Get Out and Us. Hmm. Come on, dude. Come on, man. 16 as a, 16 on, as a producer. Jordan Peele, what, what are you, you thinking, doing? man? Come on, <laughs> it's because he's hanging out at my campfire too much. Now, here's the thing, though. He did write Candyman. He wrote the screenplay. So oh, I didn't maybe. realize that. Okay. Maybe. I think it's going to be pretty good. But honestly, I'm still just I'm still The trailer was I, I changed everything fantastic. I said about Jordan Peele. Looks creepy as I don't heck. think I've watched Look, it. Look, we are continuing and finishing the Chunktober series next week uh, with the final movie technically brought by all three of us, but I'm going to give this credit to Carter. Uh, Carter can enjoy this particular movie with some fava beans and a nice Chianti <sighs> because that movie is... Carter's never seen yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be Carter's first time. This, this is my dude. first watch. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think he's probably going to hate it, but it is Silence of the Lambs and I am pumped to watch it, to talk about it, all that stuff. It feels like a long time coming. It really does. Mm-hmm. What a I'm closer. excited. Oh, uh, breaking news. Not breaking news. It's been around for a while. As I'm looking at Candyman, I thought I remember this and I did. Yahya Abdul-Mateen is the lead in what? that. Who we were talking about that has been. Oh, wow. I did not yeah, put that but together. It's like he he became the lead simultaneously with like Watchmen's just starting. All these things like. Gotcha. Yeah. He's one of those yeah, like yeah. when. Um, oh, my goodness gracious. I'm so upset at myself right now. Season three of True Detective, guys. Oh, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Mahershala just dropped everything. Like at, at one point, like Mahershala just took over the movie business. Uh, and it, it feels like Yaya is having a similar thing to where it's just back to back to back that somebody, his agent or whoever was booking stuff for him, just got a good eye. Yeah, no kidding. Good season. 
Well, guys, I do. Before we close, I need to bring an update to the great question of our day. Oh, and that is, do people gosh. know who Voltron, or not Voltron. Ooh, ooh that's, that's another, another really one. good question. Do, do people know who Zordon is? Guys, Talk. 59% of people said totally. 41% said <gasps> no way. Let me read a couple of the particularly damning no ways. Are you ready for this? Darning. Carter, your own wife said no way, mm. which disappoints me greatly. Mm. Jordan, your own sister said no we way. We weren't allowed to watch Power Rangers. Mm. My mom said it was too violent. I only know Zordon because I absorbed by cultural osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I accidentally said sister the same way Darth Vader says sister. Sister. A sister. Sister. A sister. Anyway, yeah. Less than conclusive in terms of the number of folks who are acquainted. It's now 55 well, to 45. Well, if, if for some some reason or another, bafflingly, you are still listening to this episode, don't forget that soon you will be <laughs> able to vote in the Disney Channel original movie polls. And if there's one vote you do this year, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and good point. As this episode comes out, polls are still open to vote in the presidential election. You know what to do. Patrons, you don't get to vote twice in that one. <laughs> to end... Today's episode, I'd like for us each... Oh, I'm so sorry. The, with the decom though, it is a mail-in ballot this year. There's only one spot that you can take that, though, to have that vote count. <laughs> no matter Just how many people up. live Go ahead. in your area. Go ahead, Jordan. Um, to end today's yep. episode... We are going to try to suppress those decom votes. <laughs> we don't want high decom turnout. I'd like for us each to say our name and to say what a horror movie made specifically for an audience of you would be about. Ooh. So, for Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan... And it would be a movie about a big spider that tried to trap me into talking about boring things when I had things to do. Oof. I'm Doge. The horror movie designed specifically for me is called Your Mortality. <laughs> Remember, dude, you already spent this whole day. You don't get it back, and there will never be another October 2020. It's called No Refunds. Ooh. Hmm. It's called You Break It, You Buy It. <laughs> Mine would be called Sunny Day. And I have, up until now, felt like my life hasn't been perfect, but it's been wonderful. Like things have been mm -hmm. wonderful and great. And I've got good friends. I love Two Chunks. I love my job. I love all these things. But I'm beginning to discover, almost like Truman Ooh. on the Truman Show, that there's something else going on. And maybe I am not fully in control. Uh, only to look down and begin to notice that there's a giant arm up my Sesame butt. Street. Yep. And I've been a puppet yep, the whole yeah. time. Mm. Sunny day. Taking those clouds away. Mm. Can you tell me how... It's, it's in minor, though, get, and it's like... How to get, get to Sesame Street. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.